Welcome to Life in the Leadership Lane. My name is Bruce Waller. I'm your host where I get to talk to leaders that are making a difference in the workplace and in our communities. What do they do to get started and what are they doing to stay there, to stay in that leadership lane and to accelerate into 2021 as I'm getting to talk today to Kim Zoller. Kim is the founder and CEO of ID360. Kim is an author. She is an MC. She is an executive coach. She does a whole lot of things, and I am so excited to have you on the show today. Hey, Kim, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. So great to be here. Oh man, every time I talk with you, Kim, I just am just full of energy, and I know we're going to talk a lot today about 2021. Uh, this is being recorded in December and being played in January, and so we're going to talk about things to help our listeners really get off to a good start in 2021, really build momentum. One of the things that we're gonna talk about is mindfulness. You just sent me an article, I love this. It says, make mindfulness part of your routine. We're gonna talk about that today. We're gonna to talk about leadership. And we're also gonna talk about this book. If you're listening, I'm holding up a book right now. It's called Enhancing Your Executive Edge, How to Develop the Skills to Lead and Succeed and the reason why I'm holding the book up is because that's where I first remember meeting Kim Zoller. Kim uh, came to a Dallas HR event. She was full of energy. She shared some incredible tips. And I thought to myself, I am going to get that book. There is so much there. And so do you remember uh, speaking at that event? I do. I love that event. That was so much fun. So... Uh, so I want to I want to share and, and I want you to share a little bit about your company. But on this book, just real quick, yeah. there were a couple of things that really stood out. You know, it talked about, um, you know, here here's the the thing. It started off with the question, why do some people get to the top and others don't? And and you said two words, executive edge, and there are so many things. But the one thing that stood out to me was when you talked about the uh, I think it's called the Jahari window, uh -huh, the Jahari and blind window. spots. Yes. In blind spots. And so I, I just, I never really thought about that or heard about that at the time. And so, oh man, I just, I love the book. And so I'm, I'm going to reference a couple of things as, as we talk more, but to get started, I would love for you to just share a little bit about uh, ID360 and how you serve your customers. Absolutely. Uh, you know, obviously one of my favorite things to talk about. So we have been in business um, over 29 years. So October was 29 years and, um, and here we are. It's just absolutely crazy. Um, you know, one of the things that I could say through the years that I really have uh, prided myself on and everyone who I work with is that we are all about serving, growing and developing. So when you say, how do you serve your clients? You know, first of all, what we're about is intentional skills, intentional leadership, intentional behavior, intentional serving, intentional growing and development, you know, developing ourselves and developing others. So that's what, that's what we're all about. And what we have found, even through that book, you know, what we have found is that people don't, people are very focused on what they're focused on and they're good at what they do. And one of the things that is such a major component of us is our human skills. 
And some people have them and they're very good at them and others do not. And many times the more intellectual we are, the more we lack the, the people skills, the human skills. And so, you know, one thing has been our complete um, goal and mission in life is to say, these are not soft. This is hard. If you are, if you are good at what you do, then you have to let people know that you're good at what you do. And people have to know who you are and how you connect with them. Otherwise, it doesn't matter how good you are or what you do. Now, these are things that we know. And so the question is, do we really know them? Do we feel that in our body or do we just think, oh, whatever? And the fact is, is that we know now from so many studies, from all the research that has been done, that, um, that this is a critical part. This is a critical part of our lives is knowing these skills and knowing that a lot of them are learned. They're not like, we are not born as leaders. We are not born. It is, that, that is something that is, you know, it's a fallacy, it does, it's not real. And so how do we become leaders? How do we make sure that our, our behaviors match um, who we want to be as a leader, that our internal matches our external and the thing to know that is most that is most important is that our behaviors and our brain and our thoughts don't necessarily mean um, they are not us and a lot of the things that we do are things that are old behaviors that that take us out from being really who we could be so that's what our uh, long answer but that's what our company is about that's what we're about and that's what we base um, everything on Wow. I, ever since I met you, I've admired your leadership. I did not realize that your company has been uh, in existence for 29 years. That is fantastic. Uh, by the way, I just wrote this down. This is the first time I, I really uh, thought about it this way. These are not soft. <laughs> this is hard. I just absolutely love that serving, growing and developing. I think leadership development continues to build, you know, get, get momentum. People, people i'm seeing people really being intentional more and more and more and uh i love that word intentional we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about that i want to listen i want to start from the beginning i want to hear the kim zoller story i want to know where did you grow up and how in the world did you like start your own company i mean 29 years that that's that's pretty cool um, oh, thank you so much. Um, all right, so where did I grow up? So I'm from South Africa. We moved uh, when I was eight. We moved, Bruce, with nothing. Um, I, my family, it's very interesting. My grandfather started the first corrugated printing company in South Africa. My grandmother was the first female physician in South Africa. And when we came to America, we came really with nothing. And my family worked extremely hard. My dad is a physician and he, um, he had to start again, start all over again. My mom worked all the time. And, um, and I just saw like this major work ethic. So we, my brother and I had one company after another from cleaning, you know, pools to what did we do? We, we mowed lawns. I used to go around. I mean, it's so crazy when I think about it. I used to go around to my neighbors and knock on their door and say, I'll vacuum your house for a dollar. 
I mean, nothing was, you know, nothing was too little or too much. I was like, I'm in it. So um, in college, I had one business after another. I had a company called Colors by Kim, and I was not in a sorority, but I would go to the sorority houses. And at that time, I don't know if you remember this, but there were there was puffy paint and trinkets and people made like, I used to make t-shirts. I would go to the sorority houses. They would tell me what they wanted. I had all these trinkets, the puffy paints. And I would make t-shirts for all the sorority girls and, um, you know, one thing after another. So when I, um, when I came back, I got the most beautiful job at a company called High Profile. I really thought I was going to go to law school. I ended up saying, you know, I, my dad actually was the one. He came up to me, he said, Kim, you're a people person. I want you, I think you should be in HR. I mean, at the time, HR oh, was wow. like at, at the beginning, you know, I was literally about to go to the University of Miami Law School and literally within weeks decided not to go. And um, it's, you know, there's all these little uh, turns of a story. I ended up working at High Profile, which was the biggest gift of my life. So Bronwyn Allen, who many people who are listening will know, I worked for her. I quit high profile to go back to school to get my MBA. I ended up, you know, saying to Bronwyn, oh my gosh, because I heard a speaker while I was, um, while I was working at the HR Southwest conference and I was totally mentored by TJ Carter um, at the time. And, um, and I heard this speaker and I said, oh my gosh. And I literally, Bruce went up to the speaker I will not use her name, but I went up to her and I started crying. She was talking about image and I was crying and I said, I want to be just like you. And she said, call me in three months. So she totally blew me off, which was great. It was the best thing that ever happened to me because I immediately called Bronwyn, who immediately, like within days, called me and said, you cannot believe this. I met the most amazing person who's going to mentor you. And that was Lynn Stewart. So Lynn became my first mentor and Lynn had been the national trainer for Color Me Beautiful for JCPenney. JCPenney became one of my first clients because of Lynn. My husband, David, at the time was an entrepreneur major and he introduced me to this man named Walter Haley, who I went and spent two weeks at his home in Hunt, Texas, learning how to run my business. And he would run these things called CEO boot camps, and I was there with like ten other people from around the country. Um, and this is, and that is how I got started. I started my business with everything Walter told me, everything Lynn told me. Um, one referral after another. Bronwyn referred me to someone. I mean, it was like built, boom, boom, boom. And um, and I had this massive um, system of referrals that I used. And to this day, we are still 99% referral based. Of course, I'm trying to like make social media my thing, um, but we are still 99% referral based. So that's how it all got started. And literally it just turned from one thing to the next. Someone would say, can you do this? And I'd say, of course we can. If it had to do with people development, professional development of really succeeding in the workplace, that was what I was about. What I learned from working at High Profile was that there were really amazing people out there who didn't have the skills 
from the people side. They were great people. They were good at what they did, but they would go in to interview and they wouldn't get a job because of how they interviewed or they would get the job and then they didn't have the communication skills to keep the job. And that's really what started me thinking, you know what, people just don't know how to do this. They don't know how to do this and they've got, they need to learn. And so I just invested, you know, my whole life into this. That is so. absolutely, oh my gosh, that's so fantastic. Okay, so I, I knew some of that, but I didn't know a lot of that. First of all, let me just say, uh, hats off to your dad for saying, hey, you're a people person. And of course, I know that. Um, you, and, and it's interesting how we all have like this idea of what we're supposed to do. And then all of a sudden we meet someone and, yeah. and all of a sudden we shift and we change yeah. lanes. And then of course you met Bronwyn and Lynn and I'm big fans of both of them. Oh, yeah, and I of know. course the HR Southwest conference, are you kidding me? Um, and then letdowns by, Hey, call me in three months. And then, so I, I want to, I'm just going to shift real quick and just, I mean, mentors, mentors, are so important. You talked about these have all been great mentors for you, yeah. right? And then do you, I mean, do you mentor others now? I mean, yeah. what's the mentorship world like in, uh, in like, you talked about these mentors and how they've impacted you. Do you continue to try to keep that legacy going? Oh, I, first of all, I think that everyone, I don't care how old you are. I think you need a mentor. I have, I mean, I, look for mentors. You know, if, if I can learn from someone and I don't care if they're 20 years old or if they're a hundred years old, you know, cross mentoring, I think is unbelievable. Like today, um, how many people, I mean, I was so young when I started this and I think that now, um, people are so they're brilliant. They learn, they know so much more than we did. So, um, number one, I think that having mentors and, and really, um, and, and really nurturing those relationships is incredibly important. And I mentor a lot of people. I mean, and I will help anyone. You know, if someone comes to me and they say, I really need your help, or I met this woman who I think is so incredible, who I hopefully I'm going to partner on some things with, she also could use some mentorship because she's just really starting her business. And um, I send her everything. I don't care. You know, I look at it like, it's all out there. It's not, it's not a competition. We can, we can all really exist. And so why not help each other? And I think like, I'm so lucky. I mentioned Walter Haley. If it yeah. hadn't been, well, first of all, if it hadn't been for David, who I was married to, who I'm so lucky because who can say that their ex-husband is one of their best friends. Um, so number one, I had David really guiding me and pushing me. Um, he introduced me to Walter. That became a huge thing. Walter and Steve Anderson, who I'm still really good friends with. Um, Lynn, Bronwyn. Um, um, I, I, I met Brinker. I was like, oh my gosh, will you mentor me? So I had a few meetings with him, you know, thank God before he really got sick and had that accident. So there are a lot, I, I just, anyone who I could, who would spend time with me, I was like, will you mentor me? Will you mentor me? Will you mentor me? So I'm, I'm a big believer in all of that. 
Yeah, and I, I wanted to mention that because, I mean, we're talking, we're 2021, and, and one of the things that I want to encourage everyone to make sure is they have mentors in their life and also that they are also mentoring others because yes. we can also learn from the people that we mentor from. I, I want to ask you, I, I like to ask this question because, you know, I remember when I when I joined Armstrong Relocation in 2004, and I remember, um, I remember whenever I felt like I just found my lane, right, my calling. And I, I always like to ask, was there a time where, you know, you started your business, you're like, hey, I want to do this. And, you know, you feel good about it. But all of a sudden you get into it. Was there a time when you said, I found it. I, I love it. Everything that I do, I want to keep going. Was there a, an epiphany moment or was it moments over time? Talk a little bit about that. You know, I mean, I know this is good. You just gave me the chills. I have to tell you from the minute I saw that woman speaking, I said, that's it. Mm. That's it. That's me. That's it. That's what I want to do. And then I would do, I, I still like I go and I speak in front of a group or I'm with a group or I'm doing this with you. And I'm like, I'm so in my flow. I'm so in my space. Um, I, something new happens and I'm like, oh, I'm so, I'm blessed. So lucky. I, I feel like, I feel like, you know, I found my lane immediately. So, so, so blessed. And then it just shifts. The lane just moves, you know? And if you're open to that moving, it is so, so incredible. Yesterday, I actually posted this yesterday and I heard it. Um, I can't, I'm not taking credit for it. I heard it while I was running. And, um, and the person said that I, you know, I was listening to, they said they were having a conversation with a friend and talking about everything in life happens for a reason. And then they said, well, wait, what if we reframe that? Like, why do we have to think about it that way? Why can't it be everything in life happens for an opportunity. Mm. And I was always like, my favorite saying has always been, um, you know, that luck is when opportunity meets preparedness. And so if you are prepared, you're pretty lucky. And, um, and so I love that, you know, taking those two different sayings and putting them together, that everything happens for an opportunity to say, what do I do with this? What do I, how do I work this? How, even the bad things that have happened and we've all had struggles. I've had um, personal struggles, professional struggles, and we just find ways to say, okay, well, how am I bringing my best self? What can I do with this to, to stay in our lane, to actually make the lane a little wider and know, and sometimes during those times it's hard because we want to veer out of our lane, but the minute we get back in, we really, we know that that is like our peace. That's our place. I love that. I love that. If you're willing to kind of just go with it. Um, I will tell you that that's, that's mindset. That's mindset all the way. Um, and you know, I want to, I want to just, I want to, I want to shift, uh, talk about leading. Um, I know that uh, you're a leader in your organization and, you know, as we, as we, you know, we're in the business planning stage, right? We're, we're planning for 2021. This is, again, this is airing in 2021. So we've made our business plans and we're off, off and running. Um, but one of the things that I like to do when I'm doing my business, I like to look back, I like to reflect. And so um, I, I would just like to ask you, 
let's let's look back at 2020 just for a second before before we just charge ahead and accelerate. Um, did you have to shift in 2020 at all? I mean, this pandemic and all the things that went on, and, and and what were some silver linings? I know one of the things that caught my attention was the videos that you were posting on social media, and it was like not not just every once in a while, every day. It was fantastic. What what did you do in 2020 to to shift, and and what were some silver linings in that? Oh my gosh, so many. So first of all, it was a huge shift. I, the funny thing is I had just gotten back with two, with Carrie who wrote the book, who I wrote the book with, and a wonderful client um, and slash amazing friend, um, Elisa Teichman. We had gone to the Tony Robbins Business Mastery and it was such an amazing, that was literally right before COVID, okay? I mean, it was like one event leading up to another. So I came home. And, you know, Tony talks a lot about like, what's winter? Winter is coming, winter is coming, meaning that like the season of winter is that when we hit something that could be, whether it's a recession or, you know, something else, who could have imagined COVID, um, that, that winter is coming, winter, be prepared. So I literally, I was out of town. I came back from emceeing this amazing, amazing event in California. And, um, you know, with 5,000 people in a room, which is crazy because it was like the beginning of COVID and then got on a plane, went to see my kids in Israel, came back and I was like, oh my gosh, winter is here. Mm -hmm. And I literally said to my team, we are meeting three times a week to discuss like on Zoom, winter is here. We are going to brainstorm and brainstorm and brainstorm every idea. No idea is a bad idea what are we doing? So that's what we did. We just started boom, 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 boom. And then we wrote an article. We started thinking about healthcare and we wrote an article about, um, about healthcare professionals and, and what it means for virtual, these virtual appointments. And, um, because, you know, we heard this hysterical story about this doctor showing up like on a zoom appointment, eating macaroni and cheese in his gym shorts. We're like, Oh no, no. Um, and I mean, it's a, it was a whole new world. And so that's, that, you know, when I think about pivoting, that's how we pivoted. And then, you know, I had clients who said to me, so mindfulness and meditation has been a huge part of my life, like major part of my life for many years. And, um, and I had a client who said, oh my gosh, we don't know what to do. Everyone's freaked out. Everyone's freaked out. And I said, this was Elisa, um, um, and they have a jewelry store here in town, and it's online called Elong 23. And I said, she said to me, what, what should we do, Kim? And I said, Elisa, I know that I'm constantly talking about the mindfulness and meditation. Please let me just lead your group. Well, I have to tell you, hats off to her and her, and her um, parents who own this amazing store because they were like, they came online, their entire team with me every single morning for three months mm. um, and did mindfulness and I led them through a meditation. And I said, I'm not like, I'm not an expert, right? And not that anyone actually is, but at the same time, because everyone does it in different ways and there's different ways for our mind, um, for our minds. And they, I did this. And then, I mean, out of nowhere, because of those videos that you were talking about on LinkedIn um, and Facebook, I had a client from 20 years ago, Bruce, 
and um, a, Nor a man named Norman um, Dorman Basil, and he was with Capgemini, and he, now he's with the state of North Dakota. And he was like, Kim, I need you to do all this virtual training for us, which then turned into the head of HR and learning said, would you do mindfulness with us? And I took their team from a, for a week. I said, I'll do a week. She's like, do a day, like just do an hour. I'm like, I can't do an hour. You don't learn it in an hour. Let me just get your people started. Well, after the week, people were crying. They're like, oh my God, we need this. We need this. So here I am. Okay, that was like mid-March. Here we are. What are we, December? I am still with them, the state of North Dakota, three times a week for 30 minutes. And every, they have... I found out yesterday they have a thousand to fifteen hundred people every week who watch the mindfulness and meditation sessions. Wow. So I know. And then wow. I know it's so when you talk about pivoting, I mean I have to tell and then I developed this course, this online um, on-demand mindful journey, which really is about the research and the science, because I feel like as professionals we need to know that there is something very substantial behind this. This is not, as we go, as we, you know, as you mentioned, this is not soft, it's not fluffy. It is something that as leaders, if we are not mindful, we are going to have a problem. Um, as parents, as grandparents, as significant others, and as friends, this is so important. So this has been a big pivot and, uh, and the state of North Dakota, yesterday just bought a hundred licenses of that program because people are loving it so much. So it's all, you know, it's been very exciting. I have to say that that's listen, that's fantastic. I, I, I want to stay here for a second because I know that a common thread for leaders that really make impact, they have this, they have this routine, they have this system. And uh, in that system, uh, just from my 20 years of, of leadership and, and, and observing and talking to different leaders. They have this in their system, this quietness, this quiet time. And that, and that's what you're talking about and the importance of having that in your day. And, and again, we're, we're, we're starting out 2021. I want to give some folks some things to kind of think about. Uh, I'll, I'll, I would love for you to share a little bit more about that and the importance of that. One of the things that I like about you, uh, Kim, is that you're, you're like the, you're, you're a researcher. Like you like will dive in to some of the statistics and, and really um, not just say, hey, it just works for me, but hey, here's why and here's what some statistics show and things like that. But yeah. share, share, share a little bit, you know, uh, I did get to see you share just a very, very high level of this at the Mid-Cities HR uh, meeting earlier this year. I love that. Uh, share for, share for the, um, the, the, the listeners and the viewers a little bit more about this, this mindfulness and, and what you've created, because honestly, I think that's pretty fantastic. I mean, we're, you know, during 2020, when a lot of people are like in the weeds and just trying to just figure things, you're like, you're on top trying to say, hey, how can I how can I help people? Right. And this is, this is really a, so I would love for you to share uh, maybe, maybe a couple of different uh, things about, about what you've created and, and how it's helping people. Okay. So, well, first of all, thank you. I really, um, I, I, I want to just start by talking about mindfulness. You know, a lot of people use the word and what does it mean? 
And, um, and I think that, you know, one of the things that people have to know, there are different definitions and really it is about, it's about being present. It's about knowing that this moment, like this moment with us is this moment. So I cannot be thinking about what I'm saying next. I just have to be in this moment. So I, our mind has a, um, our natural part of our brain wants to wander. It is constantly, in fact, every four seconds, our brain goes into fight, flight, or freeze, which means where's my solution? What am I looking for? What's next? Um, what happened a minute ago so that I can solve for the next thing? So our brain automatically does that. So we're constantly fighting against that. So it's about really being joyful and staying present in this moment. You see, if we don't have this moment, Bruce, then we don't have something, you know how you can look back and you can say, oh, I love that memory. Mm. If we don't have this moment, then we don't have the next moment. We've not, we're not making memories. We're just constantly living somewhere else. And the, and the data around our mind wandering is that at a minimum, it is our mind wanders 47% of the time. So if we're aware of that, the more we practice, the more we realize, oh yeah, I just wondered, I can, it needs to come back. So it's not, mindfulness is not about not, um, it's not about our brain not wandering. It's about the resilience and the rubber band of snap, oh, come back, oh, come back, oh, come back. So what, what meditation, so people say, well, there, I, I do other things for mindfulness. And yes, there are so many things, right? There's like walking mindfully. There's even washing your dishes mindfully. There's everything we could do. We could be present. Um, the one thing that we do know, though, and this is from research, is that our brain actually changes because of meditation. It is truly what they're proving with the brain that the more we meditate, the longer periods of time over time, that the more gray matter um, grows, you know, develops in our brain, which increases our memories, which um, helps us. Okay, so we have, let's say you get triggered, um, the more gray matter you have, and the slower your trigger, the more you're able to actually say, oh, wait. I'm not going to get upset by that. I'm not going to get triggered by that. I'm just going to let that sit. It doesn't mean that it's not uncomfortable. It just means I'm not going to react to it. I'm not going to pick up the phone. I'm not going to send a text. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to do something that's actually doesn't align with who I am. So what happened, you know, within this is that I realized how many people we're really suffering. And they say that we're, you know, we really are suffering because if you're not living in your presence, you're suffering. You're ruminating about things in the past. You're worried about things in the future. You're so busy planning that you're not even like staying in this moment of like absolute joy or this moment of awful that then you can work through it. it you know, we're not in the moment. So what I did with the program is I said, okay, first of all, it needs to be on demand. People need to be able to do it on their own time. Even though it's 21 days, it's really, people can do it on their own time. The goal of it is, is that people create a habit. So I want, that's why I said 21 days, the minimum it takes, the minimum time it takes to create a habit is 21 days. 
they actually say that it's really up to, you know, like it's 60 days to create a macro habit, which is a big life change. So really it's not like you do it and then stop. What they say through mindfulness is that it is a lifelong practice. It is not like riding a bike and then stopping and then getting back on 10 years later. Yes, you might remember it, um, but truly to have the benefits in our brain and then now epigenetics, which changes you know, our cellular makeup in our body, that really takes time. So that's what the program is about. It's about 10 to 15 minutes of learning about all the studies that are being done and then a 10 minute meditation um, that you can download every day. And then tons, like 50 resources, like articles and an amazing documentary that you'll have access to um, called My Year of Living Mindfully. I mean, there's so, there's a lot. I love that because what you're saying though is you're basically saying, hey, I, I've created something to help you get, get focused, get, get yeah. present when needed, right? Um, interesting, interesting how you frame that mindfulness being present. Uh, like a couple, so I typically will have a word of the year whenever I'm putting together my personal business plan and presence was my word in, in 2018. So when you said that, all of a sudden it like really, it just triggered mindfulness because I found myself um, like I'm very good in the mornings. I'm very good. I get very quiet. I have my quiet time. I have my routine for a couple hours, right? I do my exercise, yeah. all of the different things. But then maybe later in the day, I can feel like get, getting really, you know, getting yeah. noisy just because you have yeah. so much going on. Uh, yeah. Interesting, 47% of your mind wanders. The sad thing about that, really, is that when your mind wanders, they, the statistic is like under 4%, 4 point, well, maybe under 5% um, of our time that's present is actually happy in the present doesn't mean that we're not happy. It means that we're not, it means that we're happy. We are 12% happy in the past and future. And, and so we're, you know, we're thinking about things that we're happy about that are gone. They're gone or we think they're coming and they might not ever happen, right? So it's like, why not just be, you know, stay in this moment? It just takes a huge amount of practice. Mm, yeah, that's the, that's the key word. You have to be, you use this at the very start of the program. You have to be intentional uh, about this and yes. really practice and, and, and want to be in that presence. I, oh man, I just absolutely love, and also love that you mentioned, I think you mentioned on demand, like where, so, so here's a question I have for you. Uh, does, is this something that someone would do in the mornings or would they do in the afternoon or would they do it or not? When would they Whenever. build Whenever that they practice? Want. Whenever they want. You know, so if you're a morning person, you do it in the morning. If you're a night yeah. person, you do it at night or? Yeah, the biggest thing with my meditation. So, so as far as my program goes, you could do it anytime you want, anytime you have the time. Um, you'd have access to it on your phone or a computer. You, the meditation, um, which you download, it is, it's, you could either do it, it depends where you are. I mean, I like to meditate in the morning. There are mornings that I go, like from the minute I wake up, I literally am going. And then I'm like, all right, so if I have two minutes, you know, during the day, I'll just think about it. Or if there's a transition between my desk and something else, I just take those breaths. I'm very, the whole time, coming back, coming back. And then at night, I'll meditate. The thing with meditating at night is that you really wanna be alert when you're meditating. Um, you know, I love all these apps and 
people have that, you know, a lot of these apps have nighttime meditations and they're great. I love them too. I listen to them. Um, and yet they, you, they go to sleep, you go to sleep. And really, if you're really, really trying to um, calm your mind and actually decrease the insomnia and decrease waking up at night and then not being able to fall back to sleep, then you need to practice at a time that isn't sleep. Mm. And so if you're going to practice at night, you just have to make sure that you're more alert. And sometimes that's hard if you've had a long day. And even for me, like I'll, I'll sit down to do a meditation and I'll, and I'll find myself falling asleep. So um, that's not what you want to do. So since you've started uh, being, you know, in mindfulness and, and on this journey that you've been on, has there been like one, has there been something uh, that you can identify with saying, because I did this, this has helped me. Is there something in particular you can say, man, I, oh my gosh. I, I, I was, you know, I, I was, I had more energy. I had, was there something that, um, that, that like someone listening would say, Hey, if I do that, this is really going to help me in this area. Uh, okay. First of all, I have to say everything, right? So it's <laughs> so hard. Um, what does it help me do? It's helped me even in this conversation, not be thinking about what I have next. It helps me be totally focused on you. It helps me be totally focused on how am I serving you and how am I serving anyone listening? Um, it helps me, it does help me have more energy. I am more focused. I'm able to sit for longer and focus more even with all the computer and the Zoom and everything else. Um, it helps me not get triggered when I get an email from someone that would normally trigger me. It helps me say, I don't really like that. That's kind of uncomfortable. This is why it's uncomfortable and I'm just gonna let it go. It helps me with my family. It helps me when my kids call and I'm in the middle of something, actually stop and be present with them. Mm. Um, I was on the phone with someone, I was on a, um, a, a video call with someone and I was talking to them and they started to tell me this just happened. Uh, two nights ago, they started to tell me something really important. And I was walking and I was like, oh, I forgot my, I forgot to do my laundry or I forgot to take out the laundry. So I started doing it. And that person said to me, I can't talk to you when you're doing that. And I was like, oh yeah, right. And I literally said, sat down and said, I'm so sorry. I'm going to listen. Like you're telling me something important. And I just almost missed the moment. And luckily he said something to me. So I, I think in every area of our lives with everyone around us, with the people we lead for leaders out there to be able to sit back and say, huh, different perspective. I'm gonna think about this. I'm gonna think about how I'm gonna do this. And I think that what I have learned most of all is that I am this person inside and I wanna make sure that you know who the person is because of my actions. And I have not always been that way. So that for me is life-changing. And um, so I get to, you know, that's what, uh, at least that's what my friends tell me. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <clears throat> Jamie's son was a, uh, she's an HR leader at Lennox and she shared some advice on the show. And she was talking about some of the best advice she got was whenever she's dropping her children off at school. 
how to be present in that moment because that's what they're going to remember, not be thinking about what all the things I got to do at work, dropping them off. And so that is super, absolutely helpful. Now, I want to put uh, some information in the show notes. How would someone, uh, just real quick, how would someone be able to access that information uh, to be able to possibly sign up for that, for that course? Yeah, so first of all, we've made everything very accessible. It's $67 um, and it's yours. So you would go to our, our website, which is id360inc.com. And then under shop, you'll see um, all the online courses and you'll see 21 day mindful journey. I think people get a little um, confused by it because they're like, wait, do I have to do it in 21 days? And when do I need to start? But it's on demand. And if you wanna do it in 21 days in a row, great. And if you don't, it's okay. And it's there, it's there, it's, it's, it's for you to access. Um, so that I think that's really important and um, and so we, it's, it's very accessible and we've really made it, um, we've really made it so that for people who want to learn about what the brain is doing and then how to support that and put it into tactical everyday practice, that's what it is. That's what differentiates it between like other 21 day mindful journeys is that it, it really is focused for our business community to know, like, I think it's really important to know what the studies are and the research is so we know what we're actually doing and what we can be doing with ourselves and everyone around us. I'll put that in the show notes so people can be just click on that link and they can go in there and yeah. check that out. And if they, if they want to, uh, if they want to uh, connect and connect with you more, we'll, we'll put that information in the show notes and, and how they can access that. Um, you know, uh, so we look back at 2020 and then, you know, as we're 2021, I, I would love to pull out, uh, I always like to talk about leaders that talk about uh, planning, planning their year. And so one of the things we would definitely want to put on our plan to have success in 2021 is some type of mindfulness journey, being present. That, that's, that's very good. In the, in the, in the, in the, in the book, um, uh, Enhancing Your Executive Edge, and I'm glad you mentioned Carrie uh, 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 Preston, she co-authored that book with you. Um, you had mentioned uh, a couple of things. And one thing that I thought was interesting is because today we're hearing a lot about personal branding, but yet yeah. you both talked about the importance of defining and developing your personal brand uh, when you wrote the book. And this is five, six years ago. Um, and so I would love to um, ask you a couple of questions around uh, and number one, how important do you think is a personal brand uh, for someone today? I think it's totally important. You could, I want you to just think about the five people you were with yesterday okay. through Zoom, on the telephone, who you had contact with. You are deciding so many things about them. You're deciding if you trust them, if you like them, if you're going to work with them, if you're going to do business with them. You know, you're, you're making all these decisions. Ultimately, it's based on how you feel about them and how you feel about them consistently. So if one day they make you feel really good or they make you feel confident in that, you feel confident in them, then that's, you know, that's great. And the next day they don't. The next day they make you feel like you're this big because they're a know-it-all. 
then you're like, ah, okay, well, I don't know, what are they? And then if someone's, if anything's ambiguous, you know, one thing that Brene Brown says is um, the best thing you can do is, is that clear is kind. Mm. Well, you know, that not only stands for our communication, that stands for who we are. So I know like if I go into Starbucks, I know what to expect. I know if I go into Apple, I know what to expect. I did this, uh, my blog this week is all about this. When I go in, so I, I teach spinning. I love, like, I love to work out and I love the store Lululemon, you know, as an instructor, we get a really nice discount and I just, I love the store. Okay. Forget the discount. I love the store. So, um, you know, when I go in there, I know exactly what I'm going to, I know what I'm going to get. They're so cute in there. I mean, I don't care who it is, a man, a woman, young, old, I know what I'm going to get. They're all so cute and, and they're all there to serve. So that's their culture. So to me, that's a brand that it would be very odd to even have anyone who didn't do that. And, and, um, and, and when we, when, because of that, we know what we're going to get. And because of that, we buy and we buy in and we listen. So I think that today, you know, I, where our branding is, is that I think it is so even more so now critically important that people know who we are, what we're about, and we know who we are and what we're about. I mean, what about us? Like, I have to sit down and I think, well, who am I? I want to be, you know, we talk about authentic leadership. I want to be that authentic leadership or leader. Now, how do I actually get that out? So I have to really think about that. I also have to think about if that's who I am, then how do I have you make sure that you experience that? So I don't do it by manipulation. Um, I mean, people can manipulate people, but only for so long. So you want to make sure that what you're doing and how you're feeling is really, um, you've thought about it. You've actually taken the time to think about it. I absolutely love that. I think that uh, that's a big, big topic today. It and is. I love what you talked about, though. You talked about um, the brand that you want to be intentional about uh, on the outside for people to know who you are, but also for you to know, for yes. you to know yourself. I mean, that is so important. Yeah. So most people are like so busy thinking about like, how do I need to come across to you? Right. How do I need to, what do I need to do to make you think this? So, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when I was doing this, that was, that is what it was about. It was about like, how do I project a brand? I didn't even think about your internal, really. It wasn't even like, it wasn't even don't be yourself. It was just how, who do you want to be? Uh, um, and now I, what I've realized, because um, I think I think so much more about that is what are my values? How do I want them to come across? Because my behavior didn't align with how I projected, you know, many times to the outside, like in my, I'll give you a great example. In my office, I was, I was like, go, 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 boom, boom, boom. Why wasn't something done? I would say things in a very, um, in a way that was very abrupt. Um, you know, it didn't make people feel good all the time. I, I was like, it's about the work. And then I was like, no, 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 no. You know, like all of a sudden it shifts, shifts, shifts. And today I say, but that's not who I am. Cause at the end of the day, I don't want to make people feel bad about themselves. I don't want to make, I, that's not who I am. So then how do I make sure I know myself, I know my values 
And what happens, this is where the mindfulness plays in too. What happens if I get upset? Ah, I get to breathe and think about how I'm going to deal with it because I know my brand. I know how I want you to feel. And I know what I want my outcome to look like for all of us. So it's just very intentional to take it through a very methodical process. And it does take time. I, you know, people say, well, that's just who I am naturally. I, I don't believe that. I really don't. I really think that, that we are, we're hardwired in a certain way. And, um, and, and, but we can change it. Listen, folks, you need to be like, you need your journal right now. You need your pen because we are like outlining a blueprint on how to really have an edge in 2021 with what Kim's talking about today. I I'm glad you brought that up about Brene Brown. I want to share just a quick story. So I heard her once say that in the importance of values. I heard her once say that when someone asks you your values, you should know your two you should narrow it down to where you can just, just like that, you can just uh, share two yeah. values, right? So I went through the exercise and I did that. And, I, and what, what makes me think about that is that we're modeling for others every single day. And I, was, uh, I shared a story in my book uh, that I published. And it was whenever I joined my first company, when I was in Dallas, I worked as a manager for the company for uh, several years. And there was a trainer in the program. You may have even been one of the trainers, but the trainer basically was had a values exercise. Every, every employee was in this room, even the top leaders of the organization. And there were like 50, uh, let's just say 50 values, different values, and you circle your top 10, then you circle your top five. And then the trainer said, okay, number one through five, one being the most important, five being lit and so we're going to share that but he said i want to know this how many of you have integrity as your number one like the most important and honestly i i was a young leader i didn't i don't even know if i knew what integrity meant uh but here's what i did pick up from that every one of the top leaders on the front row raised their hand on integrity and i immediately thought to myself i need to know exactly what that is yeah. And how important that is. And so today, if you were to ask me what my two were, I'd say integrity and continuous improvement. I mean, I always want to be improving and I always want to do what I say I'm going to do. Yeah. And so I'm so glad you brought that about the importance of values. Share, share uh, you know, as you, as you plan uh, your, your year 2021, can you share maybe a, a, a couple of things that you also focus on? I mean, we talked about the importance of, of mindfulness and, and being present uh, and, and the importance of having, you know, knowing yourself and having values. What are a couple of other things that people should considering making part of their plan for 2021? Well, I think, you know, from a goal setting standpoint, uh, just to shift, I, I, one of the things that I've started doing is, is, making a list of all the things that I want to do and that I want to achieve, and then really thinking about um, putting it into an algorithm of, um, of how much time um, it's going to take, like what the effort that it takes, okay? Um, well, first let, me, let me, first, first, let me start with the first number because it'll make more sense. Okay. What's the impact? What's the impact of me doing this? Mm. And then what's the effort? of me doing this. And then I divide the impact by the effort and I get a number. 
Okay. So if you do on a scale of one to five and you say five is the biggest impact, one is the lowest impact, five is the hardest, you know, effort, and one is the least effort, then you divide them. Then I look at that and I say, okay, let me see where I need to put my attention. And then I have to, and then I think about, wait, what outcome am I really trying? So, so some may be even lower, like um, they might be get a, a, a score of one or two, but they may be more important to me. So then I have to think through, well, if I really want to do that, then what else am I not going to do? Because we only have a certain amount of time. And if I'm going to do this, then who is it serving? How is it serving? And is there a, is it serving us in, as a company in the big picture? So I go through a lot of planning, like we're in that process right now of really mapping that out. And then I'm a huge, huge fan of Tony Robbins RPMs. So mapping out your, it's rapid planning methodology. Anyone could look it up anywhere. Um, it's something that we train in our courses as well. And um, I just think it's really, when you get good at it, it's really very good. And the main thing is, is that you sit down, you know your vision. So there's a bigger picture. I know my vision for the year. Then I break it down by quarter. Then I break it down by month. And then say what's, and then ultimately we know our goals. What's our outcome? Why is it so important? And it has to be important, otherwise we don't do it. And then every week brainstorming, some of it's by myself, some of it's with our team, brainstorming what are the things that we actually need to do. Now this is the key, Bruce. You have to put things on the calendar because mm. if they're not calendared, you don't do them. And then you sit there five months later and you go, oh yeah, that was a good idea. Well, it was an idea. And I am very good at coming up with a bunch of ideas and not calendaring them. So, um, so now that's what I do. I sit down and every Sunday I write, I figure out my calendar um, and I make sure, and I always block out time. Like this is fairly new for me. Like the blocking out time to, I put it on my calendar to write to do certain things, to take time. If I haven't had time, I, I'll quickly go in on, in the morning and I'll be like, I'm meditating at this time. You know, whatever, whatever it is. So even put meditation on your calendar. I do. I like to do it when I wake up. You know, mm -hmm. I like to do it when I wake up. But if I cannot, then I will, I will schedule it because yeah. I w it has to be done for me. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I was playing golf with the top level uh, executive many, many years ago. And during our round of golf, he was telling me about all these places he's played golf. And I'm sitting there thinking, you're a, like, you're a top level executive. You're busy. How do you have time? For so I asked him, I said, how do you have time to, you know, go to all these golf courses? He said, I schedule it. It was yeah. profound. Yeah. It was so yeah. good. It was so good. Oh you my schedule. gosh. Scheduling is key. And I think that a lot of, uh, a lot of people miss the boat there. They, they schedule meetings, but they don't schedule everything, right? Schedule. Yes. Like, and schedule time for you thinking time. Yes. Right? Let me ask yes. you this as an executive, do you spend, like we talked about mindfulness. We talked about these, do you schedule time just to, you know what, I'm just going to sit here and I'm just going to think. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. And sometimes I do it by myself. And sometimes I say, you know, we do it as a group and, right. we, do it, and we do it like, okay. It, and all that is, is just what's happening. What are we doing? How are we doing better at this? What do we need to do? 
Yeah, just like you said, hey, team, we're going to get together three times a week and we're going to just start brainstorming. We're just going to start thinking of ideas. Yes. um, Yeah, no, I think that's great. I think I, I, I... I think that's one of the challenges for a lot of people is they just get tied up in yes. the, in the in the weeds. Yes, of and, course. You know, they're just it's not in front. Same, you know, Bruce, it's the same thing with mindfulness. You know, I have I have someone who's really interested in in implementing this whole thing for her school and she's like, "Kim, we don't have the time." And I said to her, "You know, I guess you have to decide how important your brain is." You know, we were I and I think she was like, "Oh gosh, really?" We have to decide, you know, make a decision of where, what is important. And I, you know, I always go back to Stephen Covey sharpening the saw. Mm. I mean, it it is, it is about sharpening the saw. It is about, you know, taking the time to realize that if we don't take the time, we will be working hard with a very dull saw. And that's really important, you know? It's really important that we recharge for ourselves. No, I, I appreciate you sharing that. I will tell you, one of the differences I've seen, I've, I've worked for four or five different companies in my career, and, and one of the differences I've seen is some of the great companies invest in that training. They invest in training their, yes. their people, yeah. and it just they, they just feel different. I, the first company yes. I worked for did a wonderful job in investing in training, training their leaders, and and incredible. So I, I see that as kind of the common thing. I've seen you uh, in a, a different training. I, I think last time I saw you was over at Alchemy uh, when you were doing some training over there. And so uh, it's fantastic. Let me uh, let me ask you this as we uh, get kind of get close to our time to accelerate. You know, um, is there any advice that you were given early on that you find yourself giving to others today? That's a good question. Um, you know, I would say that the advice is, uh, there are a couple of things that really hit home for me. First of all, it isn't, sometimes we're not passionate about things until we dig in. And it's putting yourself into a situation and being fully there in it. Sometimes that leads us to the passion of the doing, of what we're doing. And if we are going into things with an outcome that is, that fits our values, that feels like we're serving, that even if it's something, you know, the sad, like this week, this is an interesting thing that that happened with um, Tony um, Hage from uh, from Zappos. Right. Um, You know, he will, he always said, shoes was not my thing. I thought it was ridiculous. But serving people was my thing. Mm. And so I think that for me, I have learned that from my parents. I've learned it from mentors that you put your, you figure out what this does, how it serves other people, and you will become passionate about it. And so I look at everything that I'm doing. Listen, I, I joke, but I teach this spinning class. I love them and they love me and they love me because I am all about them, not about me. And I have made the most amazing friendships and, um, and they're my biggest supporters, you know, and, um, I have these amazing friendships and they are now all friends. So it's, uh, it's really, I don't care what you're doing. You can make it so special by serving others. 
I love that. Uh, yeah, Tony uh, Sue, he was the, uh, I think he wrote the book Delivering Happiness. Uh, fantastic book. I actually quoted him in my book because he said something on Darren Hardy's success, a video one time. He said, it's not about work-life balance. It's about work-life integration. Yes, is it is. <laughs> it's true. I got it's chills true. whenever he said that because I was like, you're right. I, I need to be the same person all day long and not a hundred percent. And I will say this about work-life balance, what, just on the mindfulness piece, yeah. what, what the data shows is that when we are actually present, either at home or at work, that we feel, no matter what the time is, we feel actually as though we have that balance because otherwise, let's say I spend 10 hours at work and then I spend five hours with my kids at night if they're little. Well, there's an imbalance there. But if that five hours is completely present and I'm not thinking about the work that I did and I'm not looking at my phone, that five hours is going to be more meaningful than the 10 hours if I flip the time. Mm. So it truly is about being mindfully present in that space. Um, and really, and again, the data shows us that then people feel like there's more balance, that their life is more fulfilled, no matter what the time discrepancy is between the work and our actual home lives. Oh man, I love that. I, I wanna I want to add on to that because, you know, as we talk about, we, we talked about a lot of things that our listeners and viewers can do in 2021 to get that edge um, in, in their career. And I was thinking about also, how you're talking about mindfulness, how that's going to help us. But I was also thinking about, you know, when you're present, when you shake hands with someone, how when you shake hands and you look them in the eye and you hold that just for an extra yes. two or three seconds, it also, yes. like, that will make the other person feel so important. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It totally does. It totally does. It is that, you know, it is that connection. I hope that one day we'll be able to do that again. Um, you know, in the meantime, you know what, in the meantime, we take that and we transfer it to these virtual settings and taking the time to look at someone in the eyes and say, hello, how are you before you just dive into the work is again, I, through data. I mean, I'm like all into it, but, um, the research shows us that it is the, really the next best thing to, um, to that connection. So that's why I will always opt for video over a phone call because we, it's almost, almost like being face-to-face -face with someone. And, oh. um, and so there's, I mean, and that, that's the research about the connection. I am so glad you shared that because we hadn't really talked about, I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, once we get back to actually shaking hands, but video is where we're at right now. And being present on the video, many times I've been on different Zoom videos and you can tell who's really there and, and who's yeah. not. It, it shows sure. up on camera. Yeah. Oh man, let me tell you. Oh, we could go for hours. This has been so good. Thank you so much for sharing. I'll, I want to go to a section I like to call, it's time to accelerate and just kind of ask some a few more fun questions. Uh, so would you rather, I heard you earlier talk about listening to a podcast. Would you rather read a book or listen to a podcast? Listen to a podcast. Oh man, that's awesome. Any favorites in particular? Oh gosh, I love, 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 love Shannon Harvey. Um, it's all about mindfulness. It's all about the brain. It's really all about brain and the studies. I love that. I love Tony Robbins. 
Um, I, there's so there are so many that I I would have to like go through my whole life. <laughs> Those are my two favorites. I love it. Oh man. So um, I, and and I was you know again 2020 was a tough. What are you what are you most grateful for? Oh my gosh, I'm grateful that um, I'm grateful that that I'm safe and that I'm healthy. I'm grateful that my family is. I am, unfortunately, we lost my father-in-law to COVID. So I am grateful that I have been able to really, um, you know, stay connected to my family and that they're safe. Oh man, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I, um, and I'm grateful that even in that, there was joy because there was one Zoom after another and just hearing about him. And, you know, my kids actually got to hear from people all around the world. They knew he was an amazing man. And then they even got to hear the most amazing things about him from friends and family around the world for for weeks. (laughs) So it was a blessing, you know, it was like, and and he was, uh, yeah, he was incredible. So... Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. So 2021, we're in January. What are you most excited about this year? I'm just so excited to be, I'm excited about where my life has headed because of this year. I'm excited about the connections. I'm excited to dig further into research. I'm excited to share it. I'm excited to Oh my gosh, you know, the day that we can actually be in a room together and just training and doing, I can't wait for that. I'm excited. And even if it's not for a while, I really, every day, I, I'm excited that I wake up and that, I, that I'm grateful for that day. It makes me excited for the work. The more, I, the work, the more work I, I learn, the more I do. And so that excites me. Man, I, I got to tell you, I, I I have this question I've been I've been asking everyone, and I'm going to ask you, but <clears throat> I'm actually thinking of, of what yeah, the question is: what energizes you? And I'm sitting there going, Kim Zoller energizes me. <laughs> what energizes you? Oh my gosh, Every, I, everything energizes me. I I uh, exercise my friends, my family, um, looking outside at the beautiful trees. I mean, you know, I, I, everything, everything energizes me. The potential for good things to come. That is like the, you know, all of it, all of it, Bruce. I mean, I, listen, I have my bad days too. We all do. I just, I think I spring back a lot faster from those bad days because I do all this other work. I, I really have to really try to make my life really intentional at this point of my life. And, um, you know, you hit 50 and that's, uh, I don't know, you just have to wake up and say, all right, so what's, what is it? What is this? So that's where I am. I love that. I love the mindset. I, I love everything about it. And, and like I said, I, I hope people are taking notes right now because this right here is a key, uh, key to having a great year in 2021. Final question. Uh, this is my favorite question of all. I love asking this question to all my guests. And then here's the question. Kim Zoller, 10 years older, is knocking at your door right now, and you open that door. What is she saying to you? She's saying, stay present, enjoy the moments, and you're on the right track to doing that. And don't forget that 
Don't miss the joy in the moments of who you're with and what you're doing instead of like constantly trying to reach the destination because I've spent many, many years trying to reach the destination and have made not great decisions because of that. And, um, and so that's what she's saying to myself today. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, uh, you hear a lot of college football coaches talk about it's about the process, the process, yes. going through the process, not the not destiny. Listen, this has been an absolutely fantastic time. Uh, just visiting with you today about, you know, how to how to level up, how to get that edge in 2021. Yes. You've shared so much wisdom. I appreciate you sharing your perspective. If someone wanted to follow you, uh, and learn more about you. Um, and I'm going to put the, um, the, the uh, mindfulness journey information in the show notes. How would yeah. they connect with you? Um, they can email me um, anytime at kimzoller at id360inc.com. They can do that through our site. We're on Facebook, um, LinkedIn, I, all of it. I am Instagram. So I, I actually have been doing some TikToks, but I decided that, that that's not my audience. So I'm going to like stop doing them, even though I think they're very fun. Um, but uh, I told, you know, my, my, the person, I have this wonderful intern who's like, Kim, you got to be on TikTok. Yeah, well, I, I, think, I think that that's probably not my biggest impact for my, uh, for my time. So, uh, but any of, you know, any of the, any of those other ways, please. And we're always here. We're here uh, to answer any questions, um, to help with anything. So that's what we're about. Well, Kim, you're definitely driving in the leadership lane. You are, uh, when I think about you, I think about energy. I think about serving. I think about mindfulness and love all of that. And I know a lot of people are going to benefit from uh, some of the things you shared today. So I just want to tell you, thank you again for coming onto the show. And I cannot wait to share this with everyone. Oh my gosh, thank you, Bruce. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, we'll see you.